Catalan, a podcast brought to you by iGrading.com.au. Today we have Peter Hargrave from the Australian Wool Network joining us. Peter is based in Ningen in central west New South Wales. He has over 30 years experience in the livestock industry. Today we chat to Peter about sheep and cattle prices, international protein shortages and export markets, domestic restocker demand and adjustment, and what the next few months may have in store for Australian livestock producers. Pour yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Let me hand over to one of our account managers, Marissa McAlpine, to ask Peter a few questions. Morning, Peter. Thanks very much for coming in today and having um, this chat with us. Um, so we've got Peter Hargraves from AWN. Peter's based in Ningen in Central West New South Wales. Um, morning, Pete. How are you going? Good, Marissa. How are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's a bit fresh, but uh, we can't expect anything more um, with this time of year. But, um, Pete, can you give us a bit of a rundown of um, how long you've been in the industry for and um, the different areas, regions you've worked in and um, what's happening out at Ningen? Um, I started in the agency game in Sydney in about uh, 1982. Uh, moved to Ningen in '83. Spent a few years here, then went uh, went further west into uh, Ivanhoe and Braden Hill. Came back to Brewarrina in 1989. Did a bit of a stint in Bree, uh, then down to Wellington for a couple of years, and then back out to Burke, uh, mid 90s, and then uh, to Ningen in 2000, and been here uh, been here ever since uh, with a all with uh, with traditionally big the bigger the bigger wool companies, both being um, majority of the time was with uh, with elders. Uh, a couple of years, three years with uh, with um, Denmark or Dalgetty's in those days, and then switched over to AWN here about 12 or 18 months ago. Uh, so it's about 30 odd years, I think, uh, in, within the um, within the uh, agency game, um, and based predominantly in the western western New South Wales. Um, which is um, very true to an old boss of mine used to say, the warmer the climate, the warmer the people. Uh, uh, that seems to be where I, uh, where I seem to gravitate. Um, but yeah, no, I've been in long places and with Burke and Broken Hill and, and Brewarren, and then you've definitely um, got the temperature right there. So. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the kids have all gone. But anyway, that's all right. That's all good. But yeah, so it's been, uh, and mainly just doing. Um, uh, Obviously, managing managing branches for uh, uh, for a few years, and then uh, been based in livestock wise uh, over all that time. But then, as as managing branches, you do do um, all facets of the all facets of the uh, of the industry in those smaller branches, which is which is good and gives you a bit of a bit of a, a lead into where uh, where you need to be, whether it be real estate, wool, merchandise, or whatever. And plus, you know, you're doing your livestock game anyway, so. Yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah, and sort of yeah, about twenty years back, about twenty years back in Ningen, I think. Yeah, and yeah, that's more. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Well, that's very good. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, you've got um that song, that Slim Dusty, I've been everywhere, man. Um, should be uh your motto, I think, from uh, the sound of that. But anyway, <laughs> what's um what's the season looking like in Ningen at the moment? Uh, two thousand and sixteen, from memory, was well, yeah, it was a fantastic season. And I think this is eclipsing it. It's um, the start has been just absolutely phenomenal, especially just sort of north of town. 
Um, they've well and truly over their average rainfall since February. Um, and it's still wet out there. And then your mother and father's place here yesterday and walking through foot uh, clover a foot high. So that was a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, it's sort of all filled in and um, the majority of people have finished sowing now. Um, might be a few doing a bit of barley or chickpeas or, or something now, but uh, majority of majority are finished. Uh, but yeah, no, the season's absolutely just it's phenomenal. It place you look at it, you think four months ago how you were even going to make a living to how we're going to eat it off because it's going to blow away, I suppose. Yeah, uh, as, we, as, we, as we all know, that, that, that's what it does. Mm. Yeah. No, um, um, as you said, it's um, especially um, up in that Coolbar region, they've had plenty of rain down there and some minor flooding in some areas, so the feed's just, there's more feed there. Then um, you know what to do with. Then um, obviously with adjustments sort of not being um, such a high demand, a lot of people sort of have um, yeah they've either got to find stock or find adjustment, and both of those are a bit tricky at the moment. But um, but we'll get on to talking about all that a bit later on. But um, we might launch into um, some international things that have sort of happened um, regarding sort of um, Australian livestock. Um, with China's sudden announcement it was suspending imports from four Australian abattoirs, that obviously came to a bit of a shock to the Australian beef producers. Has this announcement had much of an impact on current prices in Australia in recent weeks, do you think? Um, well, yes, it, it had an immediate effect. Uh, and it wasn't as bad as what they, what, they were, what they were anticipating it to be. But, yeah, there was definitely an immediate effect. Um, since then, it sort of it has sort of recovered. Uh, there's a bit of a, a, a good story coming out of that uh, as well, even though the, the, the prices have come back. Our numbers are back anyway, so there's sort of a, a supply, demand, and all that sort of stuff that, that's sort of taking coming into place at the minute. You'll notice this week. This week, the market has has eased. Um, cows are sort of off twenty or thirty cents. Some of your wiener type calves are sort of back to sort of your restocker calves are sort of back 20 25 cents, and that's probably a, that's probably a winter thing anyway because it's bloody cold at Armidale and you're not going to grow a lot of feed along the um, along the big hill there uh, over the next uh, over the next couple of months. But what it also, even though it did have a, a, a bad effect on uh, on our on our uh, on our exports to China, it's the flip side is that it's going to open more markets to other countries, so we're not going to be as reliant on China. So we, you know, you're going into Vietnam uh, and a lot of those other smaller Asian-type countries uh, are going to pick up that. They'll pick up that slack, and, and instead of having all our eggs in, in, in that China basket, uh, we might be able to diversify a little bit. China's always going to be big. We always, we all, we all know that, uh, and it's. Um, uh, it's going to be a major player, but if we can just soften the blow and they open up some other doors, uh, we're well and good, and it's going to be more. It's going to be beneficial to the industry right across. Yeah, no, you're dead right, and um, we've seen similar things with the grain, which did well as well. Um, a lot of markets are sort of um, looking to start opening up in Southeast Asia and um, further west from there. So you know where you lose one buyer, you'll pick one up somewhere else because it's also got to balance out in the end. So yeah, that makes yeah, a lot of sense. 
that's right. But and and, and our well, he, it says here today, our national beef production is forecast to decline sixteen percent uh, this year, uh, and that's two point just over two million tonnes of carcass weight of meat that is going to it, it's going to uh, our production is going to decline because we've just come through uh, a pretty good drought. Uh, and then a, and then a bushfire season. So we've you know, a lot of a lot of females have gone and been gone been put through the processing system. Uh, they're not eating. So yeah, national herd numbers is back. Well, your throughput your throughput for last week is twenty two percent down through the side yards. Is twenty two percent down last week compared to this time twelve months ago. So they forty nine thousand seven hundred cattle went through last week. That's twenty two percent less than what it was this time last year. So and you can see looking, right? looking at that as well. I suppose a lot of people are last year possibly had no option with the drought and had to sort of offload a lot of stock. And then obviously with a bit of a change in some of the seasons, most of the areas um, they're looking to hold on to stock probably the core breeders and yep, um, exactly. yeah, start to rebuild the, the core herd numbers there. So that could be impacting that statistic as well, I suppose. Yeah. Now that sounds good. Um, on another sort of um, international issue, I suppose you'd say, um, with the outbreak of the African swine fever in China, China seems to be the topic of um, the last couple of months, but um, with the outbreak of that in China and a couple of other um, Asian countries, has this also affected um, the Australian um, export meat industry at all? Yeah, it's helped us. Um, if you look at, um, if Australia was to stand up and say to China, we'll support you with, uh, with our pork, so we'll, we'll export our pork to you, I think it's our, there's a amount of pork that we could supply uh, is uh, our, our supply would last, would last 72 hours. That's it. So, uh, but what on the flip side of that, what it's done, and, and, and late last year, when the swine flu through, fever was going through China, you would have noticed that your grinding beef, which is the lowest cut of meat, but that's where they do a lot of their measurements on what the markets are doing. Your grinding beef actually was going through the roof because they needed protein and so they were, the, the, the grinding beef was in the, was taking the place of pork so uh so what it's actually done it's actually it's it's kicked our our other meat products have gone uh are still going into china just in, in it's in beef not in not not, not in pork but pork that's a large part of their diet um, that's what they still really want, but unfortunately the pigs aren't there, so they still need protein. Um, and there was um, there was even um, I think it was water buffalo coming out of India were going into the back door through China, and they were they were processing that. Um, that that's since been that since been stopped. But uh, the grinding beef, uh, which kicked our our all our all our beef cuts, and, and it does and it does right through right through the whole system, and it just flows on and on and on from there. So. It's actually done uh, done the world uh, protein market a, a, a favour, really, uh, of helping get rid of a lot of 
a lot of that bottom end type meat uh, has been going back into back into uh, back into China, taking the place of uh, of pork. Yeah, right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because there's sort of they've estimated that there's a, a 20 million tons protein shortage. So if that would definitely um, put the demand on um, um, pork in uh, in other areas, uh, other countries, I suppose, as well as that would be a flow effect onto some beef and yeah, lamb yeah. and other meats as well. So, yep, yeah. that's exactly right. Yep. So, so it is a positive. It's unfortunate, but it sort of has definitely had a positive yeah. impact on. Um, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. very good, Radio. Um, so, looking, we'll just, uh, come back and sort of look more domestically now. Um, with the decent rains, which have continued to fall across a lot of our areas, we've seen prices skyrocket with restockers eager to replace stock numbers that were heavily reduced as a result of the drought. Is it thought that these historical prices will continue for much longer or what's sort of the, the, the outlook on that? Because they're looking pretty hot at the moment. Oh, I'd like to have that crystal ball because I've been trying to buy, I've been trying to buy sheep, as, as you know. Um, and I was just dabbling in Western Australia on Tuesday, just having a bit of a, uh, just to see if I could buy them. But anyway, and I didn't really have a home from that. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's phenomenal, and it's grass driven, as you say. It's restockers, um, you know. I think the highest I've paid so far is three hundred and fifty dollars for some scanned ewes, um, and the highest I've sold is three hundred and thirty for for scanned ewes. Uh, going back, going right. back uh, the time you've been in the industry, are these sort of the oh, highest prices you've never, seen? Never, never, uh, unprecedented. Never seen it before in my life. Um, oh, it, it, um, it. I just don't know where it's going to end. I really don't. I just can't. I just. Um, to try, to try and do a budget. Years ago, I used to work on the on the on the on the adage that you'd get a, a scanty lamb ewe for argument's sake. You'd get a lamb, you'd get a wool clip, and you'd then own the ewe. But this is going to nearly be two years or or two lambs and a wool clip, uh, and then you might own a, a fair part of the ewe. You might have own the ewe. It depends on what the lamb market does. Um, but you know, it, it is just phenomenal, and the trucks just keep on rolling. They out of the sheep coming out of Western Australia. Um, and I, they're having a bit of a tough time over there. Apparently, feeding water, water-wise, mainly, and it's um, yeah, they're, they're um, giving us eight to ten days to pick them up because the, the availability of trucks. So they're still flowing over. That market's probably come off just a little bit in the last in the last little bit because there's been thousands come over, but it's still strong. Like your good young ewes are still making over two hundred. And you've got a thirty dollars taxi fee on top of it when you bring them over into the in, into New South. Uh, so that's uh, that's still going. And, and South Australia, there's a few guys sort of starting to come there. Um, but even out of even out of Longreach and those places this week, there's been there's been some really really good results of, of, of views out of Longreach. Uh, I think uh, well in, in Queensland, these Queenslanders would never have seen prices, 250 50 bucks for um, for uh, not station rated news out of Queensland, like, you know, that's just unheard of. Uh, so, yeah, I just don't know when it's going to, I don't know when it's going to calm down. It hasn't rained again in the eastern states, which is a little worrying. They were, they were saying we're going to have an above average June, July. Uh, with that, without that rain sort of not appearing anywhere on any map, 
at the minute is sort of putting a little bit of a, uh, a stop on a few people. Is sort of putting them in, in, in two minds whether they're going to actually go again and sort of say, well, we might just hang off for a while. And I've had that this week. Uh, I was going to buy, you know, had orders to buy weaned cattle uh, or any type of cattle. Um, they've just sort of said, well, let's just hold on uh, and just wait and see what this uh, next rain does. Um, and that cattle market once again, and the same, and the same thing with the cattle market on the um, on on that side, it hasn't it hasn't faltered uh, store stock wise that much. You know, your pig tested cows are still making a couple of thousand bucks. Cows and calves, um, I've got it here. Cows and cows and calves uh, nationally, I think uh, this would have been uh, up until last week. Uh, yeah, they've done a couple of thousand, uh, nineteen hundred bucks. Uh, your wiener, your steer wieners were topping out at six dollars eighty-five a kilo. You know, it unheard of. Like we thought, I remember we thought in two thousand sixteen we thought four dollars. You can't go wrong. You, you you make money all day. But at six dollars eighty this week, uh, you just sort of wonder uh, it's going to be a weight gain thing and, and probably a bit of time. So it's still poking along. The store stock market is is still rattling on very very well. As I say, rain's probably the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things that's quite, um, it's just putting a bit of a, put, putting people in, in, in two minds at a minute. So, you know, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, the, um, I suppose with the meteor, Meteorology Bureau, they are predicting above average rainfall for the next couple of months. But as you just said, we're sort of yet to see that on a, on um, like a, a more close uh, forecast and on yes. a map. Yeah. Uh, people, we definitely would be putting people in sort of two minds. We'll have good rain, but it is predicted, but we haven't kind of seen anything promised as yet. So um, some people definitely pulling back on that and just sort of waiting for that follow-up rain um, yeah. to, um, probably to continue. But um, so there have been, that was one of the other questions I was going to ask, there's been a lot of interstate buying from Queensland and South Australia and WA, which you just mentioned. I think... Um, I think I read somewhere the other day that there were 37,000 head of sheep um, bought um, just by um, buyers from Central West, New South Wales and, um, and Riverina. So there's definitely, and that's just oh. sort of, when you look um, domestically, that's just a small fraction of um, areas that people are looking for the stock. So um, if you had sort of a, a, an Australia-wide statistic, it would be... Um, a massive demand for the guy, like the, the guys who work for us and I know other agents in, the, in Victoria, they were, they were buying cheap over there before it rained. You know, so they're, they're, this is going back to February. Like there's been, I don't know, there'll be hundreds of thousands of sheep come over, I'm sure they have to be because the trucks are just rolling, rolling that much. Like you know, the sheep that I've pulled out of there, we've had to use our eight days to get them home because the availability of, of uh, the way that they do it uh, is dropping them in a yard halfway and getting space there to get them spilled and then put them back on a truck. Uh, we had to we had to queue up. It's as simple as that. But it's just it's just phenomenal. So how long that lasts for? It depends on how long uh, how, how many sheep are left over in WA. But they're still they're still, they're still listing them. There was a good line up this week. Yeah. They they did pass a few in, but um, I think the yeah, majority of them sold. So they, but they're still lining them up. Uh, I so, suppose it doesn't because it is getting quite dry over it doesn't they don't get some rain I suppose they'll just sort of keep um, destocking it away and um, filling the New South Wales Queensland and Victorian markets with those um, um, yeah and, and, and they, uh, a fellow was telling me the other day that they, 
critics are just being your your surplus use, like your cal use or or, uh, or older use, scanned up that have been coming over in wet lands. Uh, and they do tell me that there's some of the fellows are actually looking at some of the classed breeders, that if it doesn't rain, they don't get water in their, in their dams and tanks, um, that some of those are going to start hitting the market as well. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it's definitely very exciting. And um, obviously we do hope there is some, some more follow-up rain in a lot of the regions and um, for the Western Australian guys as well. But um, but I suppose um, they're, they're doing quite well out of the rain being in sort of eastern Australia, um, especially from the WA um, uh, farmers over there because these prices, as we discussed, were uh, historically high. So um, they're doing it tough over there with maybe it being dry, but then they're doing very well off the prices that New South Wales and Queensland are. Yeah. That's right. And then you look at, you look at, uh, you only have to look four or five months ago, or five, six months ago, we were buying feed out of Western Australia or in, in the form of a pellet or even grain uh, because we're so dry here. And now it's and, and now we and now we're buying the stock because it's it's uh, the season's just turned around that quickly. Yep. So yep. you know it's it's funny. We're wondering we're buying feed to, make, to feed what we had, and then we then we haven't got enough sheep, and we're buying this sheep. So yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> no, it is definitely. Um, with prices at these all-time highs for sheep and cattle, we're seeing some producers sitting out and waiting for prices to drop and become more realistic and affordable. Um, a lot of these producers are missing out, um, probably because the prices are so high, but also they're pretty happy to probably have a break coming off the drought to just give their country a bit of a spell. Um, but in saying that, is there still uh, much of a demand for adjustments in some of the areas have you noticed of late? Or is that sort of, that's obviously come back for a lot of people, but there'd still be... I've got more paddocks I'm able to do with. Yep. And I just, went down, I just went down the street because it's cold here today. I'm going to buy a pair of gloves. And I ran into a lady down the street. We're just having a chat. And um, uh, and I just, we were just talking about general things. I said, oh, I've, got, I've got some paddocks for a, you know, available for a gist. And I said, I just can't fill them. And she said, well, that's answered that question. I said, why is that? She said, because I was just going to ask you if you had anything to go on. And she said, we were talking, her and her husband were just talking last night. Oh, we can't afford to buy anything. Can we put some adjustment? We might put some adjustment on. And I just said, I said, mate, I can't, I can't find anything. I've got five paddocks that I can't put anything in. I can't find anything to go in there. So, uh, yeah, the, the amount of feed that's about and the amount of livestock that are there, it, and once again, this is unprecedented. I've never. You usually, you usually. Um, bashing people away with a, with a stick to say, uh, or, or have a list and say, you're first in, best, 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 best. But I'm actually ringing people now, sort of saying, well, you're not going to, you didn't ring me back about that paddock. It's the other way around now. It's never happened before, but we've, but we've actually seen this. So, yeah, no, it's, it is very, very frustrating. And there's a few, there's a few babes out there that are sort of saying that they'll tie the paddocks up for a couple of weeks. Uh, and not sending anything. Some blokes don't mind because, once again, as you say, they're, they're letting their country uh, seed up again and, and, and just um, let, it, or let it grow and let it seed, seed up again. Uh, and not, you know, if there's a quid there, maybe they'll take it. doesn't really worry them. But other people, uh, short, of a, uh, short of a dollar, um, yeah. after feeding stock for so long and, and sort of seeing all that feed there, and saying that you know, they're probably down, their numbers are down by half or or uh, three quarters, maybe or whatever. So they're looking for an income, uh, and it's uh, it's just not uh, it's just not happening. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, 
some of these um, guys as well. They're probably looking for a bit of a cash flow um, injection after such, as you said, such a long time of feeding and um, paying the big bills for feed and freight and whatnot. So um, they'd be trying to track down some logistics, but as I said, it's sort of it's few and far between at the moment. And I suppose a lot of people too would be wanting to, instead of do adjustment, they'd be wanting to rebuild their herd numbers and to get that back up as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. looking to buy to do that and um, rather than sort of take adjustment on and get sort of um, uh, the cash flow going there um, to try and yeah, move forward with it all. But it's, yeah, as you said, it's... Um, uh, completely new, a lot of the stuff that's going on and circumstances and things that everyone's got to consider and take on board with prices being so high and grass in a lot of areas, it's abundant everywhere. So um, the poor old farmers have got a fair bit to try and work out and to consider um, compared, to, compared to four months ago when there wasn't a blade of grass in some of these paddocks and um, you'd sort of look across them and think nothing will ever grow here again and then it's a magic um, of water, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot for everyone to be working on and trying to work out the best option and the best plan of attack with all of that. So. And there's a couple of, you know, a lot of people I deal with, the decimal point's just too far. It's just the prices price that high, the decimal point's just too far to the right. And they're going to their lending. And, and lending has changed. Since the Banking Royal Commission, I don't think we're, you know, I'm not saying that, 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 that it was great that they're doing the what they did, but um, to bring in, they brought in a lot of rules and regulations now, so it's a little bit tough to get money. Um, they want to know where it's going, of course, and, and you wouldn't lend anybody a hundred bucks without knowing that you're going to get some sort of security back on that. So if you're going to go out and, and borrow a couple of hundred thousand dollars to go and buy livestock, that's sort of just starting to get a little bit tighter. Uh, through your lending institution, they just want a little bit more information, and that's taking a little bit of time. So it's sort of taking a few people out of the market who uh, are probably going to be your base market. They're, they're sort of not in the market in the middle because they're still struggling to get a bit of finance, and it's probably just a little bit too new for them to step into it at the minute. Um, as things go on and winter gets tighter, um, as soon as the conditions, whatever they may be. Um, that might light, might loosen it up just a little bit. So it'll be just interesting to see what happens in the next in the next three weeks anyway, until the end of June, I reckon. Yeah. There's a few, and there's a few that, that uh, are still poking along pretty well and don't want to see any income uh, in June because they've had a big uh, big couple of years from selling livestock and grain off yep. because it's been so dry. Because it's been so dry. Yeah, no, that's definitely um, a good point to make as well. Um, with restockers, there is a need, obviously, for them, as we mentioned, to rebuild numbers and get back into business as normal. Are you seeing the buyers sort of favouring um, breeders, more so than sort of in steers or the weathers, um, or it's just across the board, whatever they can get their hands on? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I've had people ring me and say we want to buy steer and lamb ewes, and we end up trucking weathers. Yep. You know, because it, it came down to a price. Yes, a definitely. lot of it comes down to a price, um, and what they can get off that, off that, uh, off that, uh, off that sheep, um, or that, or that, or that beast. Um, the, um, and I think I've said this to you before. Steers are, are, are playing in the, in the, it's swimming in the uh, rich person's pond. It's a, it, it, it's unless you're set up that way, um, and 
there's good return in them, uh, as long as you're set that way. Uh, females are just gives you two options, but um, there's it doesn't it doesn't seem to have any there's no rhyme or reason to what people are are looking at buying. Like as I said, like we were looking to buy used, and then they we end up buying weathers on the on the day because it all came down to oh, I can do something with those. There's not a lot of there's not a great lot of money, and they'll be just wool cutters and we'll just run them through. Yep. So it doesn't seem to, it, it, it all comes, a lot of it just comes down to budget-wise, what they can run and how they're set up and how they're set up. And they're, and they're in market, of course, like, you know, you, you drag, drag, drag um, out here, you're going to drag steers uh, a couple of hundred k's west when then, you know, you've got to go 400 k's east to get rid of them. So, you know, there's sort of all that logistical side of things as well. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's a bit of a, a bit of an interesting one. But it, yeah, I think it all just comes down to budget and comes down to um, what, what their cash flow is and, and what they can uh, what they can afford. Yep, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, moving on to the wool market, oh, we um we saw um, COVID bringing most export markets to a standstill. Um, and the wool market was sort of no different um, to the other markets with this. Have you um, seen a demand increase in the markets when reopening, or is it sort of still very similar to what it was a month or so ago? Well, the wool markets, they didn't, sell, they didn't stop selling wool. There was yep. wool there's a wool market everywhere. They haven't stopped. Um, one of the areas of concern is getting the wool out of the country. So what... What's virtually happening is that we're getting a, a grower stockpile and we're getting wool uh, that's been sold but still needs to be stored. So your storage space is sort of starting to get a little bit crowded from the, from the, um, from the exporters trying to get it onto a ship to get it out to uh, overseas. Uh, our three major wool exporters, China, Italy and India, we've only got one out of those that are operating. The other two are closed. Uh, they hopefully they'll open again shortly. I don't know. I haven't heard whether they actually have, have opened up. But I did just 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 did a a uh, an indicator. The market indicator for wool on the 14th of January was running at uh, 1680 cents on a clean basis. The wool indicator. Uh, as of yesterday, is 1,232 cents. So that's a fall of 448 cents. Uh, and January was one of the top end of it. So in January, and this is just very, very loose, there's some of the wool guys will pick me up on this because there's a lot of pluses and minuses of burr and, and all sorts of stuff. I've just worked out on, on a 65% yield with no burr content. So in January, that wool would have been worth $2,000 a bale. And yesterday would have been worth fourteen hundred eighty-eight eighty dollars a bale. So that's five hundred and twenty dollars a bale less since the middle of January uh, to what it would have been yesterday. Um, our, our biggest now we had a, a, a large pass-in rate in March and April, but our bale numbers um, you know there were six and a half thousand bales offered in in January. In, in, I'm only going in, in, in the middle of just picked out the sales in the middle of, the, of each month as they've gone through, uh, and then the, then they go down to a three or three and a half thousand bales. Then they go back to 5,700. They keep around that under that six thousand 
bail mark, it seems to be that the market's sort of holding its own. We had a lot of weeks where it was coming off, 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 and off. Uh, last week it was uh, this. Last week was a little rise. Uh, Tuesday there was a rise. There was another little rise. I was only two cents yesterday, but it was just a little bit of a rise again yesterday. So yeah, no, it, it has because you've limited China and the only ones who are buying wool. And until Italy and India fire back up, um, it's going to be uh, they've, they've, uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've got full control of the market. Yep, yep, which is, um, seems to be the way with a lot of the markets that we have. <laughs> um, anyway, well, that all sounds, in as a whole, looking at it, all that sounds pretty positive for livestock and um, the prices and what everyone's been getting and whatnot. And um, I suppose for the sellers, it's an exciting time for them. Um, obviously, with these prices and what's going on and the high demand um, for the people buying them, it's sort of, as we said, it's um, a bit tricky and they've got to consider a lot of things and we really have a, um, an, a, a good outlook of as to what they want to do with the stock. So, um, but anyway, but it's just, I suppose it's exciting that three months ago or four months ago, we wouldn't have been having the same conversation. So, it's... Um, it's definitely exciting, and same with the grain. You see, everyone, all the farmers are sowing and getting ready and spraying and doing that. It's just, it's so good to see action and see people moving and busy for a change rather than kicking tires and kicking the dust and looking at the sky and wondering what the future holds. So, I suppose we've come a long way in a short period of time. So, and I think we've covered um, some pretty good um, things today with our chat. So. Um, thanks very much for coming on board and having a chat to us today, Pete. Yeah. And, um, yeah, all the information you've shared has been very uplifting and very exciting. Um, and, um, yeah, just hope that it does continue to rain in some of these areas that are waiting for that follow-up rain and um, we'll go from there. Yeah, and from what I've been you know, uh, in, 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 uh, in the agency business, um, it really is an exciting time to be in it because it's, and we work on a commission basis, so that's always good too because the more the more the coffee gets, the more we get. But um, yeah, it's um, it really is an exciting time to um, to be uh, to be involved in in seeing and, and bring some of these high prices and and seeing people restocking and 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 I suppose just having a crack. Really, that's all it comes down to, which is fantastic. Yeah, getting back in the game and yeah, just trying to move forward the best way possible. Yep. Yep. Um, talking with um, a lot of the being the cat manager for um, parts in Victoria um, and obviously coming from Western New South Wales, I'm still coming to terms with um, the the rain down there and um, it's too wet quite often down there and every time I hear that from the grower, I just sort of think, wow, imagine having that problem every day. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it is exciting for them. Um, but, yeah, rain can be a bit of a nuisance for them down there. So, um different worlds, so I can't wait to get down there and, and have a look and meet all the growers and see where they're all from. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a completely different world, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Rightio, thanks for that. We'll wrap it up there, but appreciate your time, and um, we'll look forward to catching up with you down the track, Pete. Yeah, 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 have a great day. Thanks very much. It was very good. Yep. Okay, Bye thank now. you.